This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Welcome back, guys. We've been talking about purposeful productivity in the last few episodes, and that's not without intention. As a director of operations, I come into small businesses week in and week out and know that the most critical job that I initially have is to clear the air, establish a plan, and create just a really safe space for these peers of mine to dream into. And it's really difficult to thrive when you're feeling inefficient or overwhelmed. I know this myself because I'm a business owner with a small, mighty, and most of all, a very lean team, which I stay very proud of. I am most productive when I have a plan. Actually, I'm only productive when I have a plan. Do you feel the same way? The next step in this productivity are really talking about systems and systems in a business. So that's what we're going to explore today. And I'm so excited. I'm bringing on my right hand. I'm going to call her my director of Natalie (laughs) because she's the director of everything in the Ops Authority. But my friend Esther Littlefield is going to be joining me today. She significantly serves my business, but she also has an agency called Morningstar Media Services. She is the key to the systems in my business and we're going to pull back the curtain and shine a light on what's worked, what hasn't, and how we've grown my business through systems. So welcome to the podcast, Esther. Thanks, Natalie. I'm excited to be on with you. I love it. (laughs) So these outsiders need to know more about you. So why don't you share some about your business real quick? Sure. Well, my business, like you said, is Morningstar Media Services, and I am not a traditional DOO, even though I have been through your program. I really chose to focus in on podcasting and providing services to business owners who either want to launch or manage their podcast and save time and have systems in place that will help them grow their podcast. So me and my team uh, are doing that. And when I started, though, I started basically as a virtual assistant way back about three years ago. And that's when we basically started working together almost like a month or two after I started my business. (laughs) And so I've been with you all along, but I also serve other clients who have podcasts and need help growing them or, or starting them. Right. I have been lucky to be along for the entire journey. And Esther has had a transition and a pivot in her business, just continuously up-leveling both in service and in her team. But she started out as a virtual assistant in my business, quickly became a business manager. And like I said today, she's the director of Natalie. She's the director of everything. But her her highest focus right now is in the podcasting space. And we will get into that a little bit further. As you guys know, I am going to be bringing you guys a CEO and a director of operations conversation every single month. And this month we are featuring me and Esther. So last month we talked with Dana and Amy from Boss Mom. And this month we are focusing on my business and the systems in my business here at the Ops Authority. So 
Esther, thank you so much for coming on. I want to remind everybody or tell everybody, shout from the rooftops, that Esther is definitely my person in all caps. She is my person. She is my director of operations, my implementer, digital marketing genius, obviously my podcast producer. She's also, we talked about this in, in Dana's episode, but she's a full extension of me. She is really my right side, a listening ear. She speaks truth into me when I need it. And she's definitely a true friend. She feels like family to me. And I'm so grateful that this business has allowed us to, to both grow and to both serve one another as we have grown up in business. But I say that to remind everybody that when you're ready to truly have a partner in business, they will feel like family. They will feel like a best friend. They will fill all of those gaps that you need and I'm just super grateful that you're here. So we've enjoyed being together since the beginning of this entrepreneurial journey, and I truly hope that you listeners will find your quote-unquote Esther when you're ready. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Esther. So my goal for this episode is to talk through the systems that we've created in my business and also to highlight those that haven't worked and why. And I have a feeling you may pick on me a little bit, but that's totally okay. As a leader of a business, I'm going to do some things that cause strife for the team and that need to be rewired. So I want to just expose it all and not hold anything back. So let's start talking about what a system is. You want to take it from here, Esther? Sure. Yeah. So I always love to just kind of define what we're talking about at the start of a podcast so that people know exactly what their understanding. So really a system is kind of like a group of things that are all working together to accomplish one particular outcome. So there's usually a lot of moving parts and the systems that we're talking about in terms of business systems usually involve multiple people, multiple steps, multiple processes to get one thing accomplished in the end. So that's really what we're talking about. And we're not talking about systems in terms of tech tools. A lot of people will think of ConvertKit or ClickFunnels or things like that, which can sometimes be called systems, but that's not what we're talking about on this episode. Right. I sometimes think of those systems more like a tech tool and not necessarily a system. Today's systems, we're talking about the step-by-step. And other words that people use to interchangeably for the word system can be workflow or a process or a procedure. And honestly, they all pretty much mean the same thing. Just like Esther said, there's several steps to reach a defined outcome. Yeah. So Natalie, why do you think it's important for businesses to have systems in place in order to scale? So I'm going to take us through a little bit of a journey. Like when you're first kicking off in a business, we usually start because we have a passion or we have an idea. We have a way to close a gap for your audience, for your avatar. And you bust out of there. You're doing all the things. You're getting everything done. And you may, I mean, obviously the goal is to bring in money, but you're doing this in spite of yourself. Now, I fully believe that we have to do it that way to get legs, to know what's going to work. But by the time you start to get a little bit run down, you're starting to feel tired, that's the perfect time to bring in systems really to save yourself. And so I feel like it's so important because there are so many repeatable things that we're doing in our businesses. I mean, I remember back to the very beginning of my business and also (laughs) I see your face there right next to me, but I was trying to put together convert kit lead pages and to do all of these all the things in business that have to be done, especially when we're trying to build a list and all of that. But I needed, that was something that we were going to be doing 
repeatedly. We were going to test several things. And so knowing what that process was going to look like, I could have sat there and opened up the knowledge base for ConvertKit and figured out how to do this, which I did several times, and thinking, oh, I don't want to give that over to Esther because I, I know how to do it. I should know how to do this. I'm technical enough to get through this. I've done it before. But when you start to see that there are repeatable tasks in your business, that's the perfect time to start what I call putting systems in place to scale your business. And so it really allows, by putting these things in place and putting the structure there, by defining the process, it allows me and you to step out of the day-to-day and really into a more of a leadership role. And when I say leadership role, that's when you've got a vision. You're outside of just the mission of your business, which is here's what I do, here's who I serve, here's how I do it, maybe when I deliver it. But now we're looking into the vision of where I see this business going. And if I can't get out of the day-to-day, I'll never reach my vision. So Esther, I know you've been along this journey with me, and I'm obviously grateful, but why do you see some CEOs, even myself, Why do we delay in creating these systems? I think one of the biggest drawbacks to creating the system is that it actually takes extra time on the front end. (laughs) So you have to sit down and take the time to document the process. And I actually have kind of the opposite problem that you had with the whole convert kit thing, because you were kind of going back and referencing your list and trying to follow the step-by-step. Do you remember that? Uh, Yes, I do. (laughs) And I was like, Natalie, stop doing that. (laughs) I can do that for you. But for me, some of those things are just like second nature. And I just have them in my head and I can do them so quickly that for me to slow down and take the time to document it and to create a system, it feels like extra time that I don't want to waste, you know? And so I think that's a drawback for a lot of CEOs, especially like you said, in the beginning, you're kind of doing everything. You're taking on all the roles in the beginning to just get your business off the ground. And so some of those things just are second nature. And you also, I think, sometimes think, well, no one is going to be able to take this over. So I'm not going to create the system for it because I always will do this thing. (laughs) And most of us find in the long run, eventually we're going to hand off more and more things to our team, like you said, so that we can step into that higher level role in our business. So yeah. I also feel like a lot of us who get into business are high achievers. We've been doers for a lot of our lives. And so the other part of this in addition to time, it's just kind of the fear of outsourcing, the fear of asking someone to do something on behalf, even though you know that you're paying them, there's something mentally, there's something in our heads that's block, that blocks me and many other people from just handing it over, from just defining it and saying, Esther, you run with this. Create a system so I can truly hand this over to you and feel confident that it's going to get done. So there's there's that shift in mindset from an outsource perspective that plays a part here. Absolutely. There's a level of trust you have to have too, because even, I know we're going to get into this, but even in your business, some of the systems have been things that I have created based on the fact that I'm the one doing, yes. doing it. And so you as the business owner, you have to have trust in your team to say, okay, hey, you go create the system because you're going to be the one handling it 90% of the time. To hand that over does take, it takes a lot of trust. It does. And, you know, you'll know quickly. I think that 
the litmus test of systems and knowing that you have the right team in place is do I feel as a leader, do I feel at liberty to just say, Esther, do what you need to do? And I have been very lucky to surround myself by two amazing gals who I, a lot of times I'm like, just do what you guys need to do. I don't really care. But if I didn't have people and I've had people along this journey with me who have been on my team who either didn't have the aptitude or I just generally didn't trust. And so it was hard to let this go. So trust is a big thing. I'm glad you brought that up. All right, Esther. So now we're going to pull back the curtain a little bit. Let's talk about some of the systems that we have put together inside of my business. Yeah. So some of the systems that we have in place are content. Content is a huge one. We have systems for your blog, for social media, for a podcast, for getting the emails out each week. We also have systems in place for lead generation and growing your email list. That's repeatable things that we do, setting up Facebook ads, landing pages, thank you pages, those kinds of things. And then also repeatable launch plans. So you launch things over and over, same programs multiple times a year. So we have plans in place for that. And then there's just some general you know, SOPs that you talked about on episode eight, um, just having those standard operating procedures. That's another thing that we have systems for. Yes. And we can never be done with standard operating procedures. There are still things I still kick myself for. So I will tell on myself here that I have opportunity to continuously be recording things that I'm doing that I could outsource to Esther or to a virtual assistant or to somebody else that I'm currently doing that I don't necessarily need to do. So Esther, I'm so glad that you brought up the content piece because I truly feel that if your business is online, regardless of your structure, even if you've got a local business, but you've got an online presence, Your business is dependent on content, dependent on marketing, dependent on getting a message out, and it really never ends. So help yourself by creating a system for the way that you're delivering it. If that's the only thing you take away from this episode today, I believe it's the foundational piece of systems. It's an easy place to start. And there are so many steps that go along with creating that content, whether it's a blog post or producing a podcast or being a guest somewhere, creating a Facebook ad, whatever that may look like for your business, or even just going live on, you know, what do you need? What system do you need in place before you can go live? So let's let the crew in on our system for producing something repeatable that I do in my business. And I remember when we were starting to really be consistent with this that's when we really started our system of producing our weekly blog content. And that weekly blog content also results in an email each week. And we've done this consistently. I'm super proud of us because we've done this consistently for two and a half years. And that wasn't always the case. We weren't always consistent because I didn't have the right players in place and the right systems. And so Esther, I would love for you to just walk through this process. And if you're listening today and you're needing a process, take notes right here. This is an easy way for you to jumpstart your process for content. So if you don't have one, listen in. Yours may be a little bit different, but I love the idea of just writing this down and then also having the ability to just get started and just tweak a few things versus that first barrier where it's just really hard to just sit down and do it. So Esther, tell the audience our process for getting this blog post out. So what's so fun about this is that, you know, this is going to be different for every person. But like you said, the process, the steps, the basic steps 
somebody could literally kind of copy what we're doing. <laughs> so it's just going to be tweaked based on your exact needs. But for you, you chose to have someone on your team who does the writing for you of the blog post because writing is not your favorite thing in the world. <laughs> and so you chose to outsource that piece. So you work with Abby to create a content strategy that goes along with our launch plan for the year, your marketing plan for the year, and when you're planning to sell different programs. So you and Abby work together, you determine the topics and kind of decide when you're going to talk about different things. And with the blog post, Abby connects with you to gather information. And then she writes that blog post and she attaches it to a Trello card. So of course we have a Trello board for this <laughs> because we can't, we can't do anything without a Trello board. So after she attaches that blog post to the Trello card, I get notified. And so then things move over to me and my team and we take it over from there. And so my team, we create the graphics and the different size graphics for all the different social media platforms that we're on. And then we upload the post to your website, make sure it gets formatted, make sure all the correct information is in there and get it scheduled. And then after that, the next step in that process is getting the social media copy and the graphics scheduled for the different social media platforms that it's on. And then the last part of that, like you said, Every week, there's an email that goes along with the blog post. So Abby also provides the email for us based on what you've talked with her about and, and the content for that week. She provides that to me and then we get it scheduled to send out and of course, link out to those different places where the blog is uh, living. And so that whole process, it sounds short in what I just said, but there's multiple steps, multiple people involved multiple different deadlines for each phase of the process and all to create this one result of the blog post being published on your website. Yes. And that seems like, oh, that probably took a minute or two for her to describe that. And in essence, it's really a very, very heavy process because there are, just like Esther said, so many steps, so many people, so many deadlines. And if we don't stay on top of it, it is so easy to have a cluster at the very, very end, which is what we're all trying to avoid. And I can remember early in business and several of the businesses that I've stepped into, this is just one process. And if you're doing this as a solopreneur, which is how a lot of us start, this takes up a considerable amount of your time. So it was, it behooved me to reach out to get Abby to help me out. Number one, I don't think I'm a bad writer, but number two, I just have some serious blocks when it comes to sitting down. Esther's always encouraging me. That was a great post that, that I wrote or something. And so can I do it? Yes. But I also knew that efficiency for me was bringing on Abby from Write Solutions, W-R-I-T-E Solutions. And she has been in my business, I want to say, for over two years. And without her, I wouldn't be consistent. But Esther is absolutely right. Several steps. And there's a lot of different people. In our case, there's three people. Actually, that's not true because no. Esther's got several people. Yeah, yeah, I've got people. I It used to be just me. You know, I mm -hmm. used to be doing all those pieces that I described on my end, but now I have also grown my team. So I have people helping. Yes. Yeah. So just a, a little bit further into this, I know you mentioned that we put this into Trello, but do you want to explain for people who may not be used to Trello or don't have a project management tool that they're using to track these various steps? Mm -hmm. 
explain how we document this throughout the okay, week. Okay, yeah. Well, if you haven't listened yet, you should definitely go back and listen to your episode about project management tools and how to choose the right one, because <laughs> that will help you figure out if Trello is the right option or something else. But basically, we have a Trello board, and it is a way for us to track the entire workflow for every single blog post that is is published. And so we have a card, and it's a template card that has the checklist of everything that takes place for every phase of this the process that I just described. So basically, when we set up the plan, the content plan, we create the cards and put the name of the blog post on the title of each card. And I usually start that card with Abby assigned to the card and the due date that I need the content from Abby. So that's kind of the first deadline, the first person that is on the job, so to speak, mm-hmm. for that blog post. Once she submits it to me, then I go ahead and I change the due date and I adjust to the next team member in the process, which is usually going to be creating the graphics. So we adjust that and then we move it on to the next person and so on. So it kind of is just an ongoing process. Now I do some of that manually. I know that you talked about in the episode about project management that there is the tool on Trello that Butler does a lot of automations, but I don't always have that all set up and that does increase the cost of the tool. So (laughs) sometimes we just do it manually and it's enough of a system that it's kind of second nature, like I said, to just keep it moving along. And then we also use things like Voxer. So Voxer is one of my favorite tools to keep in touch during the process. So if there is a question about a post or the content or the title or something, you know, I might send a Voxer to you and Abby to check in, or I might send a Voxer to one of my team members and ask them to make a change on the graphics, whatever it might be. Right. So it just keeps moving forward on the process and the due date just changes until we know, okay, it's, it's being published now. Right. And Esther, the project, the skill set of project management is highlighted when we're really looking at systems and processes, because even though we have, in essence, we have created a quote unquote, well-oiled machine, there are definitely going to be times when I'm late or when Abby is late. And that can really back your team up and and potentially put, put us at risk for not reaching the deadlines that we have that we have set for ourselves. And so project management is so big. And really back in the day, before I had really that trust that we were talking about, even though it was Esther and I knew she was a solid person, I didn't trust myself as a business owner yet to really let her just manage that process. There are several weeks, maybe even months, when I don't even go into that board that we created so long ago. But now I have that full trust that she knows exactly what she's doing. She knows my business as well as I do. And so, and she also knows the players and she knows how to communicate with us. And so when we were setting this up, a lot of it was, yes, the trust factor, but then that communication piece. And so I'm glad you brought up Boxer because I know that that's a way that you ping me and just remind me, hey, I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for this. And yeah. and yes, all the automation in the world is wonderful, but there's nothing like getting a, a message from Esther that says, hello, where is this? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And and I will say too, like you, it does help to know your team and know who you're working with because some people, if I tag them on Trello and I know they're working that day or whatever, they'll respond right away. And other people, they may not have their notifications on or they may be away from their computer. And so Voxer is a more successful way to communicate. So you kind of have to get to know your team. Even within systems, you need to have a, a good workflow between your team and know how to communicate and make sure everybody's on the same page. 
Now is the time where you get to tell all the listeners about where the weak spots are in this process or where they can be. And and we're going to pick on mine, but these happen all over the place. And so I give you full permission to tell on me and really just kind of diagnose where when you have a process, and like we said earlier, multiple hands, multiple steps for one outcome, anytime we're dealing with the word multiple, there can easily be something that can fall through the cracks, if not multiple things. And so I just want to see from your opinion where, where we can be weak in this process and you know highlight this for other folks so that they can plug the gap before it starts leaking. Yeah. So I think since my team and I work on the second half of this content system that we've been describing, we are really dependent on you and Abby doing your part. And so sometimes I know you and Abby kind of set up times to talk and and plan the content and get everything scheduled out. So if, if you guys have to reschedule or that gets delayed, then that kind of starts it off a little bit behind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then the other part is if Abby is writing the content and if we don't have it by the time that we would like to have it to get it published on time, then that can slow things down too. And so another challenge, I think, just within any system, but specifically in our industry where a lot of us are either freelancers or we're not necessarily in a full-time role in anybody's business usually is that people go on vacation, people take time off, people get sick, like things happen. And so just one person being missing from this system can cause a breakdown and cause everything to get behind. So like you said, I think one of the things that we've gotten better at is being really proactive and planning ahead. So we know like if you're going to be out of town or if Abby's going away, then you guys usually work ahead to try to get the content planned more in advance so that it gives us enough time to do our piece. And then for me, I have to work within my team and know that if someone's away, I either have to pick up the slack or I have to have someone else take over that piece of the process. Yeah. And I know historically, let's see, probably a year ago, we were probably doing one week at a time and that's just, that was our cadence. And it seemed like everything was fine until it started to get around summertime, like after spring break and reaching to summer, all three of us are mothers. And we also are, we want to refresh and and re-energize ourselves. And so vacations are part of the reason that we are doing this on our own and and our business owners. And so we started, all three of us were going on vacations at different times. And so it really made us sit down, Abby and I, and just start batching these ideas. And so that made me stand true to what I'm so good at and look at these annual plans, create a calendar for six to 12 months and say, okay, this is when I'm going to launch this. So this means we're going to have to start communicating and talking about this, becoming more visible with, let's just say the director of operations certification, let's back that up eight weeks. And so that's what we're going to be talking about here, which gives Abby the ideas and the creativity that she needs and the space to come up with the you know, stimulating conversations and and great titles and great, all of the stuff that she's so good at. But we, it really all starts from me sitting down and getting strategic on what the calendar is going to look like. And then once we do that, batching became so much simpler. Do you remember back when (laughs) it was just like, hey, in six weeks, we're going to do this. And in four weeks, we're going to do that. Yeah, not good. (laughs) I do. I do. Yeah. And the batching makes such a huge difference on all, on all accounts. You know, if we get two or three blog posts at once, we can batch the graphics all at once. So it, it definitely saves everybody time and energy 
to be more strategic and more productive, like you said, which is yep. what this episode's all about. <laughs> yes. And I, I truly think that that was a big change in our all three of our summers. I know Abby took a full week off. You took a full week off. I took a couple weeks off. And I think it allowed us to enjoy our summers with our children and, and go on the vacations that we wanted to without being worried about the day-to-day stuff. And so, yeah. Yeah. I didn't talk about batching in any of the productivity episodes on this podcast, because I think it's one of those things that takes time to get to, but yes, it will lead to productivity, but it still takes time. Yeah. So I must admit that over these last two years, we've got the blog and the email process down so smoothly that it very rarely causes us any question. And because we got that down so smoothly and things were working and I was ready to become more visible, that's when I was like, Esther, I'm ready to go all in with a podcast. So we added another content delivery method, which has been a game changer. I've totally enjoyed this and there's no way I could have done this without Esther's support. But I want you to realize as a listener, we didn't take anything away. We were already on Facebook and we were already putting out a weekly blog post. We were doing a weekly email, but we didn't take anything away. Instead, we optimized that and now we added another layer. So we smoothed the edges on the other processes that we were talking about. They were flowing and we had capacity to expand into podcasting. And luckily, (laughs) I had your support to get those podcasting dreams that I had and get my booty in gear, which was definitely lacking. And I haven't talked about this on the podcast yet, but I delayed putting this podcast out for I say six months, but it was probably much longer than that. It's been on my horizon and on my plan for a long time, but there was some imposter syndrome and I definitely needed support from you and from Abby, truly. I had already shared the dream with you guys and then you guys were motivators for me, encouragers. And then Esther, in your specific expertise in the podcasting space and having gone before me, honestly, it really helped me to make sure that I could feel safe in getting this content out. And I could, I could cheer you on for days on everything that you've done for me, which is obvious in this episode, but the podcasting piece was something I was really looking forward to. I knew it would make a difference in my business. I just didn't know how to go about it, but I had hope because we had systems in place for other things. And obviously having and leveraging a team like yours to get this into production took a lot of the weight off of me. So I want to get back into Looking at another system, again, it's it's in the content space, but we've moved from blogging and into the podcasting realm. And so tell me, tell everybody who's listening how your team produces podcasts like mine and then several of the others that are out there. Yeah, sure. So it's honestly a really similar system to what we talked about on the blog. Like you said, with podcasting, there are definitely more steps involved and there are more moving parts because obviously you have this added element of recording that needs to be edited and some more tech pieces behind podcasting that are not there on the blogging end of things. So I'm just going to give a quick high-level overview of the phases in getting a podcast produced, and I'll kind of go through. This is from the angle of what you're saying as a business owner who wants their podcast to be the main marketing arm or one of the the key marketing aspects of their business. So they're doing more than just the basic like record and upload because some people do that. They keep it super, super simple. We're not keeping it simple around here. (laughs) So (laughs) no, 
<laughs> because I trust that we have the systems to be able to make this work. And I will also say that podcasting, yes, the audio is the difference between blogging and podcasting, but the audio takes, to me, consider, I have to do it. I can't outsource that. And so there's a different level of time management that comes into play when we talk about podcasting. And then there are more players. I mean, there are more players than just putting, remember, we didn't take anything away. So we're still doing WordPress. We're still doing all of this, but go ahead and tell, tell the crew about the system. Okay, cool. So I'm going to break it into like seven to eight major phases in the process. So the first one is getting the audio created. So we're talking everything from scheduling to prepping to recording to editing. So that's just to get the audio recorded. That's phase one. Phase two would be the copy, which I'm referring to the show notes, the summary of the episode and or a blog post that represents the episode. And also with that goes the writing of the social media posts to go out and promote the episode. Then we have the graphics. So that's phase three. You've got to get the graphics created to promote the episode. Phase four is uploading to the podcast host. So if you're not familiar with podcasting, you you need to have a place to host your audio files. And so that's for us, we use Libsyn. So we've got to get the podcast up into Libsyn so that it can go out to the various platforms where your podcast can be found. Then we need to upload it to WordPress. Like we said, you still want to have a post on your website that is basically a blog post that is summarizing the episode. Then we're going to go back to promotion. So now we're going to get all the content that was written before and we're going to schedule out the social media posts and get it pinned out to Pinterest and all of that. And then phase seven is following up with the guest. So for some people, if they have an interview show every single week, that's a key part of the process is making sure they're getting the content to the guests and letting them know their episode is live and all of that. And I said seven to eight phases. So I'm going to throw on there that the eighth thing would be actually at the beginning, which is more administrative. So some people have like an admin role that's kind of helping with all of the scheduling. Again, if they have an interview heavy podcast, they may need that assistant to handle all of the scheduling, all the back end of getting everything ready. So that's a high level overview. And Because really in each of those phases that I just described, there are actually now several steps within each phase that have to get done. So I'll give a quick example of just getting that audio created. Like I said before, first, the podcaster has to plan out the content calendar. So in our situation, again, for you, Natalie, you're still working with Abby to plan the content calendar for the podcast. So just like you do for the blog, you guys are talking about the things for the podcast and the topics are being decided and there might be a little bit of an outline for each episode. Then secondly, if you're doing interviews, you're going to be dealing with scheduling the guests, making sure that you're getting everything lined up with the guest. Or if you're doing solo episodes, you still have to schedule time to record. <laughs> like you said, Natalie, you, I can't do that for you. Abby can't do that for you. You as the podcaster, you have to record yourself. And what's hilarious is that most of us, often we overestimate how much we can get done in a given amount of time. So a lot of times people don't actually block off that time for recording their podcast and they really need to because it's not going to happen in the nooks and crannies. So once the episodes are planned, then you usually do a bit more prep. You make sure that you have like a cohesive outline for your episode, questions to ask your guests. 
some people are good at winging it. And I know, Natalie, you are, you're really good at just conversations and interviewing people, but you still like to prep. And I do the same thing for my podcast that I host because I feel that as a listener, it produces a much better result when the interviewer or the host is prepared and has thought through some of the things that they want to discuss. So that's just my personal opinion (laughs) on creating quality content. So then you have to actually do the recording. After the recording, the raw episode gets uploaded to Dropbox and our editor goes through it and edits it based on the client's needs. And, you know, some people want a more thorough edit, taking out the ums and the ahs, and then other people just want a few things removed. And of course, the audio levels are adjusted and all of that. Then the final audio is added to Dropbox so that it's ready to be uploaded to the podcast host. So (laughs) that's just one phase. All those things I just shared was one phase of the podcasting process. And on our Trello board for podcasting for all of our clients, typically the, the podcast cards have 60 to 70 items on the checklist for each and every episode. So that's a lot of steps in one system to be done to create a podcast. But really the idea is that the podcaster, all they have to do is record the audio and then they're able to hand it off and have their team, you know, either myself or if you have a team yourself, you can hand the rest off to your team to take over. Yes. And so you can tell the magnitude of this is really, really big. And I had communicated the level of the type of podcast. I I shouldn't say level, but I had casted the vision of what I what kind of podcast I wanted. And Esther knew that. And so she knew the steps that it was going to take. And that also made me think, really, really commit to this delivery channel. Is this something I really wanted to do? I'm not any, I really have never been one of those people that's going to like halfway do something. And so she knew that I knew that, and I knew it was going to, I knew what it was going to require for me. Am I still perfecting it? Absolutely. This is episode 11. Like maybe at episode 50, I'm going to feel really confident, but I was telling Esther right before we hit record today that I'm still, even though I I know I'm a great conversationalist, I know that we get on here and wing it. I just want to make sure that all of this is done with a lot of intention and I'm not wasting your time. I want people to be excited to know that they're going to get quality content. And that's why I take the time ahead of time to script these, to understand exactly what what I want the outcome to be and what the listener to walk away with. So it is a very it can be a very cumbersome process and when you were describing that Esther I was thinking there's probably five different people that go into just that first phase which is yeah the, yeah it's a yeah. lot <laughs> so i've never really stopped to think about this because like she said i record and and get rid of it and turn it over to them and then all of a sudden it's this amazing product but the yeah. piece that you were talking about in all of this regardless of the content mode that we're talking about whether it's a blog or whether it's a podcast whether it's social is the marketing piece right so you can write a blog all day but if you don't tell people about it if you don't market that blog post, it doesn't do its job. So right. yeah, and the same for podcasts. And when I was thinking about a podcast a year ago, I wasn't really thinking about all of the graphics and all of the scheduling and all of those pieces that really give me the great listenership that I'm getting with this podcast. And so if you're out there and you're listening and you're thinking about all of this, just don't forget that marketing piece, which if you're just now starting out and if you don't have the resources to invest in a production company like I am right now, just know that marketing it is as important as the first part. 
which is to writing or recording. And so definitely it can be heavy, but without it, it's kind of pointless. And I know that's not why you're doing this. <laughs> Alrighty. And like I said, I'm super blessed and fortunate to have your team help me put this out each and every week. But at some point, you didn't have the team to support you, which couldn't support me. So for the listeners that are taking this in that don't have the support system, how do you recommend them do this? Yeah. So I think whether it's a blog or a podcast or whatever, like you said, any content that you're creating or any process in your business, it really is just taking the time to sit down and document the process as you would like it to take place. So if right now all you can do is a once a month blog post, still sit down and document how you want that to look. If you use Trello, make a checklist on Trello of all the steps that need to happen to get it produced. Because eventually you may have a team member on board to help you and then that checklist is going to be super helpful. In terms of podcasting specifically, there are a lot of podcasters that are either flying solo or they might just have one VA on their team supporting them. And so I actually have put together a free workflow checklist that takes you through that entire process that I just described with all the checklist items pretty much (laughs) on it. And you can grab that for free. I'll put the link. We'll put the link in the show notes, but you can grab it at morningstarmediaservices.com slash podcast workflow. So, you know, that would give someone a starting point if they're thinking about starting a podcast or if they have a podcast, but they're just kind of all over the place and not keeping things on track with an organized system, then that will be a starting point for them to to pull from. I love this. And so we're talking about systems today. And I thank you so much for just giving a resource and something that people can download and walk away with today if they're thinking about a podcast. The reality is there's just multiple steps in getting content out. And I would say the theme in creating a system is that it's going to be repeatable and you're going to be able to outsource pieces of this. If you're starting at the very beginning, I love having this checklist or a checklist of any sort because you see the scope of what is going to be required. So if you don't have the bandwidth, I would encourage you to really take a good look, maybe save up so that you can invest in people to help you before you get into an endeavor. I see too many times the people that I'm supporting, my friends, my peers will start something with without an understanding of what it takes. They've never taken the time to go through or to talk to somebody who is a podcast, who supports podcasters or a business manager who is doing who are doing many of the steps. And they just don't understand what it's going to take for them to actually get this out of their head and into production. And I'm not talking just podcasts. It can be really anything. It can be creating a a course, creating a podcast, creating a blog post, creating a Facebook ad. Everything in our business comes down to multiple steps, right? We so much wish that things could be one and done, but they're really, really not. Hardly anything is. Creating an invoice requires a system. Honestly, everything requires a system because it takes more than one thing for it to happen. So can I add one more thing there, Natalie? Sure. (laughs) I know you always say, you know, in the absence of a project manager, you are your own project manager. In the absence of a director of operations, you are your own DOO, right? Same thing for podcasting, same thing for blog posting. If you don't have someone to hire on your team to manage that process for you, you are the manager of that process. And so part of what I think a lot of people forget when they go to launch something, like you said, whether it's a course or a podcast or anything, is that 
about half of their time is probably just going to be spent keeping themselves or their small team on track with doing all the things that have to happen to create that end result. So just, I think I just want to echo what you're saying is, I know a lot of our listeners probably are the visionaries that love to just jump in and are high on the quick start, but sometimes it is really helpful just to get like a reality check on how much time you are going to be spending to create that thing before you jump in and start doing this whole new system. Right. And we're all high achievers. You wouldn't be listening to this if you weren't a high achiever and you didn't want your business to go well, to look well, to feel well. So part of this is just understanding the scope and making sure that you've got the right players. If I was producing this fully, I know I could do it, guys. I'm like you. We can do hard things. I wouldn't be able to do some of the other things that I'm doing right now. And I knew for my business, it was worth investing in help so that I could launch five times during the year. That's a lot of launching. There's only 12 months. (laughs) (laughs) So in my case, I would have probably been able to launch two or three times, which in turn, I would have been able, possibly been able to manage some of the other backend stuff that that I have outsourced today, but I'd be losing out on some of the revenue. So it really depends on where you are in your business and just know that these systems have allowed me to scale my business by having the right players on my team have allowed me to grow to a multiple six-figure business and one that I feel really healthy in today. Hasn't always been like that, but All right. As we're kind of wrapping up here, I just, we touched earlier, you had mentioned earlier that creating repeatable launch plans has been another system that we've put in place. And because I just mentioned launching, I think it would be smart to um, talk through how we do that and just quickly just show people that there's actually a system that's buried in there. And so when we talk about launching, you guys probably know, but I launched two different programs multiple times throughout the year. One of those is called the A-Team Accelerator, and the other is the Director of Operations Certification. And it took a while to get to just these two. (laughs) Esther can tell on me, but we'll hold that back for now. But there (laughs) was... When I was selling 11, 12, 13 things on my website at one time. So over this time, I have definitely been able to hone in on where I feel best and where I deliver the best. But to be able to launch these things, we start with populating our annual calendar, understanding when we're going to be launching. And then Esther helps me with the marketing of these pieces and she knows the delivery dates. So we know when they're coming and we've launched these several times. And so Esther, I know that this is something that you actually added to my business with, I, I was seeing this whenever we were doing a team multiple times, but tell, tell the listeners how you created this repeatable launch board for a team. Okay, sure. <laughs> so, you know, launching, I will say is, uh, tougher thing to create a system for than what we just talked about. This is the systems that you do every single week, I feel like are easier to create because you're literally doing them every single week. So I will say launching has taken us longer to perfect and we're still working on it. But basically, when you started launching these programs, I would set up a Trello board or we would set up a Trello board together that would have all the things that you wanted to have in that launch. You know, usually it was going to be there needed to be emails, there needed to be content that leads up to the launch. There needs to be sometimes Facebook ads, social media graphics, social media posts, you know, all these different pieces. So we would set that up and create this Trello board with the requirements for the launch to be successful. And then also 
things like the pricing and the due dates and, you know, all these things that that were going to be happening. And so essentially what I would do is I would set it up and then we would basically make a copy of that board for the next time around. But after after the launch, we would reflect on what worked, what didn't work, you know, what do we need to change the next time? Mm -hmm. And then I have kind of changed up the way we view the board over time, because (laughs) for me anyway, it helps to see it in columns of like, almost like a timeline across the board of four weeks before we launch, three weeks before we launch, two weeks before we launch, so that we can see what needs to happen. What do you need to be doing? What do I need to be doing? What do the other team members need to be doing prior to the launch to make it successful? And then we can just kind of have those due dates and those items down each list. So like I said before, really the benefit of doing this and documenting the process as you're doing it is that you can then copy it and repeat it the next time around. Just kind of reset all the due dates, reset all the the timeline essentially, but you still have the content there and it's ready to go. Yes. It really is like a, a refining process over time. You get you You tweak it and you change it and you get it better and better. Yeah. And along the same lines of what we've been talking about today, we have operationalized the A-team launch because we've done it multiple times and it allows us to add a new marketing tactic or a new marketing strategy with the next launch while still being able to do what we've already done in the past or increase our Facebook spend because we've already tested some of the some of the things that we've done in the, for past launches. Yeah. So you're so right. It does take time. And we did not have this system in place before even the last launch. And I've launched a team, I believe, four times. And so it took us several times of kind of doing this willy-nilly, creating a checklist, but nothing was set up repeatedly until this last time. Because again, Esther and I have years of years of time invested in one another. She knows my business. That's why the continuity has been super helpful. But I just wanted to point this out because if you are doing something repeatedly, like a launch, She's right. It's not like the cadence is different. So this may be once or twice a year, maybe three times a year. But if you're doing that, you are able to create a process for yourself and possibly save you from hiring a launch manager. When I first came into this business and doing this on my own, I was managing launches. And this is exactly what I was doing. I was creating a template for them and executing it, but in the hopes that they would be able to take that template and restart it again. So I just wanted to point that out. Don't miss that as an opportunity for yourself, especially if you're in a service-based business where you're launching repetitively. So I believe that the systems that we have discussed today are likely the exact same ones that you are going to need or you do need in your business today. And I know I'm just like you. I dream of having that perfectly complete book of SOPs, standard operating procedures. But I would encourage you just to start with the ones that we have talked about today. What are those things that you do week in and week out. It could be invoicing. It could be setting up a Facebook Live. It could be putting out a blog post or a podcast. But the things that you're repeatedly doing are the things that are begging for processes because you have multiple hands in them and you want to outsource them. So if you're a small business owner that's ready to begin scaling, I so encourage you to learn more about these systems. And you can do that by joining 
the wait list for my program called the A-Team. And A-Team stands for Action Accountability Accelerator because that's exactly what it does. And it's perfect for female entrepreneurs that are ready to work with more ease. I think operations bring ease and it's so important to get there. Otherwise, you're going to stay in that state that you don't want to be in, which is overwhelm and chaos. By doing this program, I have seen the results of people creating more income and gaining that personal balance that we so strive for. If you have a solid plan and you're making money and you have less than five contractors, you are perfect for the A-team. So I would love for you to sign up on that wait list today. If you go to theopsauthority.com slash A-team, that will get you on the wait list. And I just want to say, obviously, I am biased, but I have gone through the A-team myself, and I have benefited so much, even though I am a systems person, even though I do it for other people in their business. For myself, I was struggling to do this for my own business. Mm -hmm. And so even if you're someone who is an operations person, you might need to do A-team for yourself to get your own operations Mm -hmm. on track and moving forward. And it's just made such a difference for me and my business. That reminds me, Esther, I remember when I was going, when we were in between maybe the second and the third round of this, and you had really said, you know, you've got the content, people need accountability. So even though we know we're systems people, and you may be too, if you're listening, you may be a systems person. If you've gotten this far into the interview, you're probably interested in systems. But I I tell you what, it was your focus on me delivering even better and stronger by having that accountability because we may know what to do, but sometimes we just need a supportive group to do that. And so A-Team is, it's been really, really well received. And I just encourage you to get on the wait list today. If systems, you feel like systems are the hitch in your game, definitely. That's one of the topics that we focus really, really narrowly in. So Alrighty, guys, in every episode, I want action out of this, not just content that you're going to be consuming. So I end every single episode with a suggested assignment. No one's going to be grading it, but by doing this, it'll help you bring operations to the forefront of your business. So this week for this episode, I'd like you to take the content process, whether that's a blog, a podcast, your emails, in your business and create an itemized process. Just think through, just like Esther walked us through in this podcast, I want you just to think through those things, create the list and bonus points if you put it in the project management tool of your choice. If it's in your head and only on your piece of paper, the people that are on your team or will be on your team will never see it. So do yourself Get those bonus points and go ahead and put those all the way into Trello, Asana, ClickUp, whatever it is that you like. Thank you so much, Esther, for joining me today in this show and telling all of the Ops Authority listeners about systems. I appreciate your dedication to my business and I will always be super grateful for everything that you've done for me. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Natalie. It was a pleasure to be here and I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.